Hi, and welcome to Cycles of Life podcast. My name is Jana Puisha, and I'm a certified life coach, trainer, and human resource professional, and very much a self-development enthusiast. This podcast is about our ever-changing life, because it's never just a simple straight line. It doesn't always have predictable patterns and turns. Everything around us is a collection of repeating and evolving cycles. So this podcast attempts to explore the nuance of life. I will be sharing thoughts and stories based on my self-exploration and work as a life coach, but also interviews with inspiring people. Well, hi, Tonya. Thank you so, so much for being on my postcard today. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome. So I thought to begin with, it will be great just to know your story. Um, And actually, if you could just maybe introduce yourself, actually, to begin with, kind of what do you do and who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Tonya Gajuso, but I am called the money whisperer. So I've been doing money work for over 20 years, but really have niched myself into supporting women and transforming their relationships with money. And uh, I have a book coming out and programs that I run called Permission to be Rich, which is what I love to do. And it's all around just busting all of the myths and illusions with money and allowing people to just really be empowered around the topic of it. And if you cannot hear already from my accent or are wondering where it's from, I am in New York and in Brooklyn. And so that's, that's a little of who I am, where I am and what I do. Oh, amazing. And I think it's such an important work that you do in regards to money. But I know we'll, we'll get to that topic in a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not going to yes, jump in. <laughs> What I would love to know is actually how you ended up being where you are, because obviously it's not sort of job that you just graduate from school and become a money coach. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, God, it's been and that's why I love everything, even like this is like cycles of life, because it just feels like all of my journey has brought me to this place. And so I've always kind of had a love relationship with money. Like I've always been obsessed with it and knew that it could do these beautiful things. And so when I was like younger, I would always like love putting on diamond things as a kid and just had this fascination with jewelry and things. I'm also like a Venus person. So like all of that beauty and wonder. And um, when I graduated college, I knew I wanted to be in business. And so I went to school for business management and I minored in psychology. And, you know, I kind of dabbled in a couple of things where I went from doing all things in real estate. And, you know, so being in money there, my first job was in a bank. So I was learning more about money. And then I went into another position working for a nonprofit and I was an assistant finance director. And so just all of these things, I would say for the first 10 years after I got out of college, was in like the corporate small business world of learning about money and how it works for businesses. And, um, I think I hit like 29 years old in, in, when I was at the nonprofit And there was one day that I was sitting there and I was just like, felt my heart beating. And then I felt like a shooting pain down my arm and like, aren't these the symptoms of like a heart attack? Am I having a heart attack at like 29? (laughs) And I was just so stressed out. I'm like super organized. It's like one of my superpowers and like super efficient. So I could do the job of a lot of people, but I never knew how to say no. So I would just keep taking on and figuring it was my responsibility to figure it out. And there were so many times that I would just go cry in the bathroom but I was not able to voice that I couldn't handle the volume of work or the expectation that I put on myself. And so I you know, I had asked for a raise because I'm like, if I'm going to be this stressed out and I was told no, and that this is pretty much where I'm going to be capped at, 
And I was just not okay with that. And so from there, I chose to open up my own business. And so there I opened up my business called Cut the Chaos Organizing. And I didn't even want to do anything money. I wanted to be, and I did. I was. I became a professional organizer. Oh, wow. And so this, Amazing. yes, this money <laughs> path started, or it came back to me with being a professional organizer. That's so fascinating. So many different things that you touched on. I thought it was just so interesting. Uh, one thing that you said that actually kind of intrigues me, that you said them. When you realize that something is not right, you're not feeling great, and you asked for more for more money, mm-hmm. and obviously you got said, I've got told no. But what do you think? Do you think that um, asking for more money and actually is that money worth it in the end? I'm just curious your thoughts on that. I don't think it's worth it in the end. I think everyone, I, I think it also depends on the circumstances that people are in. Like for me, um, if I would have gotten more money, and this is what I was realizing. This is the pattern. Mm-hmm. And so I would have probably stayed longer and I would have hit the next wall, probably have asked more money. And when I started to see that this was already the pattern, I would, you know, work hard, get there and there would be a boss ahead of me. And so it absolutely was worth it to ask for more because if, if that's what I felt like I deserved, mm-hmm. then it's always good to ask because the worst thing that could happen is you get told no. So it's always great to just ask because you're still in, you know, worst case scenario, you get a no, you're still in the same place you were before. Best case, you get more. Um, However, I think for my journey, I had no family, like not, I'm not married and no kids. And even at that point I wasn't. So I had no responsibility in that realm. And so it, I was able to start looking at, do I want to be on this cycle of constantly feeling like stress is equaling up money? And my, that's when my relationship to money started to change where I'm like, wait a minute, the compensation just isn't working out. And like, I probably would have stayed in that cycle a little bit longer, but I guess it was the universe telling me like, okay, this is your time to start following a different path and get out of this hamster wheel. Ah, absolutely. And that's why I asked you that question because it's this, I don't know what it is, a lie that we get get sold that just climb higher, earn more money. And then at some point you will be happy. And there's so many people that I speak to, everyone just says, actually, I just don't believe that anymore. Because it's not true. It's pretty much not true. And and, I mean, it is a lot of what I do now with money is like money doesn't equal happiness. And I think that that's what we get sold on. And that's why it's this, like you said, keep working harder, keep doing because it's like, okay, because then you'll get the house and then you'll get the car and then you'll get, and don't get me wrong. I you know, know that money is a very real thing. That's why I, you know, you get into this more too, but why I teach the practical side of money, but also the intuitive side. Cause like, how do you use it in everyday life so that you can master it because we need it to pay rent, but yeah. it's removing the illusion of these things are going to make us happy. And like, I think that that's what I was discovering from myself was that I was always using money as happiness you know, like, oh, if I make now this amount of money, I'll have more freedom or I'll take bigger vacations because, you know, it needs to balance how hard I'm working. And it's like, wait a minute. Once I had the space to pull back, I started to learn like, oh, happiness is independent of money. I have to create that for myself. And honestly, that really scared the shit out of me. Yep. <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? I was like, oh, no, I actually have to do something about it to know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame. Yeah, I can't blame money for my problems. It's actually me. Not cool. I did not want to hear that. And I did not want to be responsible for my happiness. 
absolutely and yes of course it's, i think it's it's a place of privilege is it to actually get to that point when you realize yeah money doesn't bring me happiness anymore um i think loads of people go through that yeah and i think that that's what you said it's like and that's when the illusions start to come through or if you, you know ever get into that point of just like wait something just doesn't feel right and sometimes it's not even being able to identify the money but it's just like again that feeling that something just isn't working or in alignment anymore and it's like kind of unraveling what that is and for each individual yeah brilliant so what do you do now do you work with people on one-on-one um what does your work look like Mm -hmm. so right now i am running um, group programs and they are called permission to be rich and it's teaching you know the five you know the five steps to becoming more powerful than money and so there's a system that in the next 10 years that I, once I left the corporate world and became the organizer, that whole seven year span of my business at first showed me a money system. And so now I move forward and I teach people that money system so that it helps with um, bridging the masculine side and the feminine side, what I like to call to for anyone who knows like energies, but then also it's really just the practical side of money and the emotional side of money. Cause when we bridge these two together, we get financial harmony. And so I do that with my group programs. I have a book coming out, teaching the system also um, the end of at the beginning of the fall that's coming out. And I do do one-on-one work, but a lot of it is the group program because it's, it's just like going through the worksheets and it's like doing the work. And so, mm-hmm. like I said, there's five stages that it goes through and what money showed me in those years of doing the work that there actually is a cycle that it goes through. Oh, interesting. And so I kind of teach that cycle so that people could then identify where they're at in the cycle because you never reach, I mean, people don't ever want to hear this, but you never really reach an end point in it. It's cyclical. Like mm-hmm. you're going to, master one part of it and then want to reach another part with money. And so it's just being able to identify and then using the tools to just move past where you are, where we are in that journey, and then just keep using it. So there's never really, I don't want to say not a mastery over it, but there's never really a done point with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And am I right to say that you mainly work with women? Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to ask why. So this is recently, I just discovered that um, for when I first started my business, it was all men that I had. I was doing, mm -hmm, it was bookkeeping Mm -hmm. that I was doing and I was working with small businesses. So it was more of the masculine side and the practical. And I was working with men because I was more familiar with that, that side of me was actually, um, I don't want to say harsher, but just like very to the point and doing things. I was also very detached from my feminine side um, it wasn't until I did a program um, called that Mama Gina does called the School of Womanly Arts that I was able to embrace my feminine side. As I think most women who are in the corporate world or in that environment, I've never had a woman show me how to do it in a feminine way. I've only seen men succeeding. And so I took on their attributes and just was a female doing it the masculine way. And so as I was doing the work and I started to switch to the feminine, I was attracting more of women. And then I also started to realize like, and I truly believe feminine is the way forward. It's what's going to lead us into breaking free of the patriarchal cycle that we are in with money. And I'm not saying that I will not ever work with men, but right now it seems like the feminine way needs to come through in order to balance out the thousands of years that we've had a patriarchal money system in place and that kind of needs to move forward in order for us to do 
you know, to come from a place of true abundance for us to really start having equality come through and equity come through and all of that. And so it was just choosing to do it with women because we do not have as much privilege when it comes to, or feeling like that permission that we can have that. Cause you know, for years we weren't allowed to, with, yeah, not without a man. <laughs> yeah. I just could not agree more. I actually like, I get shivers. So when were you talking, <laughs> had like currents running through my body. It's like, Oh my God, I just could Yay. not agree more. <laughs> It's interesting what you said about corporate world because I feel like a few years ago when was the whole the rhetoric around girl boss, that was kind of our way, well, feminine way of climbing into that corporate world and um, claiming it in a way. But then we obviously realised that it's not really the way. We can't just put a pink suit on and pretend to be a man and everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I love how you said that. The pink suit just like nailed it perfectly yeah I think it was like again it's like unraveling all of these illusions of things where it was like we were just allowed to be in the corporate world and we were allowed to climb the ladder but it was still a masculine ladder you know the environment still wasn't you know conducive to the way the feminine leads you know in team in membership and I also feel like you know women were competing against each other because Mm -hmm there were so few slots. So there wasn't this sisterhood in the community. And actually when we come together, that's where we thrive. And so it's really like healing this relationship of sisterhood and of competing for money. And really all of it just stems from scarcity. And that's really where the patriarch runs with it. And so a lot of what I wanna do is just like teach people like not to live from scarcity and to just come from a place of abundance. Can you just break it down just a little bit? Because I feel like it's a bit of a kind of a buzzword almost. But actually, what does that what does it mean? What does it look like in real life? <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah, I love breaking down this because it's it's actually really simple. So scarcity and just living from a space of seeing everything that doesn't exist. Okay. So I don't have the house, I don't have the car, I don't have the relationship. I I don't have, I don't have, and there's not enough. There's not enough food. There's not enough, you know, space for everyone. There's not, so there's this constant not enough and it stems off of fear, doubt, worry, guilt, shame are all things that are under the lens and scope of scarcity. When we come from a place of abundance, what we see is all that exists around us. We are in a place of I am grateful for being alive. I am grateful, like, so gratitude starts to come through. We actually see all of the things we already have that are absent of money. There's nothing, scarcity is also um, external validation. Abundance is internal. So where we're like, we have everything we need inside this body, like the air that you breathe, health, well-being. And like, that's why and people can't see it now, but um, you have all those plants behind you. And I love the green because if you ever go outside in nature, and you feel that like safety of her when you're really in abundance of it, like green lush all around you gardens. Like to me, that's what true abundance is. It's just this feeling like nature never worries that there's ever going to be enough. You know, the trees come every year. And so all of that. And so to me, that's what abundance is. It's seeing all that you already have. And the magic in abundance is that when you see all that you already have and you're vibrating from that place or from just in a place of gratitude, you start to attract those things. So it creates more. And so that's really what the abundance is, but it's not, 
you know, it sounds simple, but you know, if you try to catch your language throughout the day and how many times in the day you say, oh, I don't have, I don't have versus like, I will have, or I already have, it is a huge shift if we just are conscious of our language and realize like what, um, what lane are we choosing to drive through, scarcity yeah. or abundance? Brilliant. I love that. It's a very practical way of doing that as well. Like they actually give a little tip <laughs> what to do and how to stop yourself from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's a, it's a simple one, but like, you know, we have everything we need when it comes down to it. And the thing I always see is, and, and you know, we're coming through a pandemic, coming out of it, still in it. And, you know, even before that, something that I would always do with people and especially in New York, we had Hurricane Sandy or like 9-11, but anytime, and now, you know, we have COVID, which is on a global scale, but anytime that there is something that is catastrophic and that evokes pain, we realize what's important. And it's like people, our loved ones, our space, having the food that we need. No one was going out to eat. No one was going to the movies, whatever car you drove, where are you going with it? You know, and so all of these things that we are working so hard for, they don't matter. They're added on, but they're not the meat of life. They're not, you know, what matters. And so it's really like, that's what abundance is, is realizing like we have, and then everything else is just a convenience. And that's really what money is, is the convenience. Yeah. It's interesting because I th- well, you just kind of, what this made me think of is how much we actually attach our self-worth to everything that we have around us. Yeah. Money, jobs, career, busyness, <laughs> being productive. It's all wrapped around our self-worth and actually how to get out of it and how to break those chains. Oh man. And it is, and you know, I still find myself breaking chains all the time. Like they sneak up. I'm like, I thought I broke that chain. And then that's why I love what you do so much because that's when I learned like, oh, we're, nothing is linear. Nothing is a straight line. Everything is cyclical. So it might feel like if we look at it like an ice cream cone, like I'm on the tip of it. And I think I've already visited this, but I'm looking from above it. And it's just because I've reached a different level. And it's like, that's how it all is. And like, that's, that's the journey is just kind of like relooking at things and just constantly allowing ourselves to like grow and evolve. And instead of pushing and killing ourselves for the things that actually really don't matter. And if, you know, question I love to ask people too, is like, if you were stripped away of all of your titles, all of your money, even your family or whatever it is, like, who would you be? Mm Mm-hmm. And if it's your job and everything else, it's like, take a look deeper because there's so much more to that. And like money does not equal anybody's worth. Mm, Absolutely. Oh, (laughs) resonates so, so much. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And actually, this is a beautiful segue into the cycles of money. Um, Mm. So I know that's something that you teach, but I wonder if you could just kind of break it down a little bit for us. Yeah, absolutely. So from the work that I did, it took seven years for money to show me <laughs> the cycles that it travels through, but there's five stages that it travels through. And I, I've named them the five F's. And so it's focus, foundation, freedom, flow, and fun. And so the, and I'll give like what each one is. And so the first one is focus. And what happens in this stage and why it's the first stage is it's identifying all of our money a lot of what happens with money and we give our power away to it is because we could avoid it. Oh, I don't want to look at my numbers. It stems from the conversation of, I don't know. 
So I don't know what my numbers are. I don't know what my accounts are. I don't know where my money goes. I don't know where my expenses go. And so this first stage is really about identifying what we have to take responsibility and take that power back so that we can obtain clarity. And so that's really what the focus is, is to obtain clarity around our numbers so that we could start using it as the tool that it is. And once we have that, it then moves into foundation. Okay. So now that we have that clarity, we have that information, we now start to build the healthy foundation that money is going to stand on. And so here is where the structure of money starts to come through. And it's starting to organize it in a way that works for our habits and how we are. So I don't believe any system with money should be cookie cutter because all of us are different. So in this stage, it's really about what's the structure you need for your money in order for it to support you so that you're controlling it and it's not controlling you. And a big thing that I do on foundation part two is, is a visualization of like, what's the dream life that you want? What is it that you want to create? And I go there, I allow people like, it's good to want material things and to see that like, it's okay to dream. But the biggest thing about it is what's the feeling underneath the thing because that's really what the desire is and behind the want. So it might not be the house, but it could be that sense of security. And so it's attaching to that feeling and that knowing, which then creates the structure because like that's what you want to move forward. And so we build a healthy money foundation for the money. So now once the foundation is in place and the clarity is there, what ends up happening is we move into freedom with money. You got the budget, everything's great. It's like, oh, this is amazing. I haven't, you know, this is awesome. But what ends up happening in freedom is what we do here is we take action. Because what happens with the action is either action happens or inaction happens. And so through that space, that's where our emotions come through, our beliefs come through, and all of the things that we feel about money, because money is so tied to our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so things like this could be like, oh, I feel guilty spending my money. Oh, I'm not going to do this right oh, I should be doing this. Oh, I tried to do this. And so in this stage, in order to obtain freedom, it's rewriting our beliefs and reintroducing habits to support the new money foundation. And so it's the action that starts doing that and taking the action. And then when the emotions come up, it's not shaming them. Our emotions are actually super helpful and a superpower. They're actually trying to tell us stories of things that are holding us back. So if we just listened to the sadness or listened to the guilt, it probably wants to just tell us something that we made up that just wants to be released. And so freedom is really just freeing ourselves from the emotions because like, that's why there's a billion dollar market um, for marketing and advertising because they play on our emotions. So we'll never truly be free until we really learn to have a really great relationship with our emotions and the ones especially tied to our money. And so we, we obtain this freedom, right? And from freedom, like freedom is great, but then you really want to get into like the flow of life. And in order to be into the flow of life, this is where money starts to, un, like once you obtain freedom, all the illusions start coming through. And you start to see like what we were talking about, like, oh, working hard, wait, I don't really have to work hard for my happiness. Or maybe what I like to do too is like a happiness number. People always do six figures, seven figures, but someone's happiness figure might be $60,000. So when we start to identify it, some might be a million, that's fine. But my whole thing is like, what is it for you and not for what the world is telling you it's going to be? And so flow is really unraveling the illusions, learning to live in a space every day of abundance, 
where you cultivate your own happiness outside of money. And then you learn to cultivate the greatest tool, which is actually you. And so it goes into a space of learning to where the holistic approach comes in is like making your mind, body, and soul work all together. Because when we are all working in, in tandem of that, where abundance is just a natural byproduct. And now you're truly in the flow of life. And then that leads into fun with money. And then that's when money becomes this fun thing because it doesn't equal our worth. It doesn't equal our happiness. It's actually just a tool like a car or a bike. So then you start having fun with you. You're like, Ooh, what can I bring in now? And so fun, I like to introduce into all of the stages, but really at the end, it's like, you start to realize like, Oh, it has no control over me. And so we start to have this really fun and playful relationship with money. And actually money is a lot of fun. Money is actually very playful And in the aspect of fun, it's learning how to play with life. It's learning to be in community with money, learning to have money dates with yourself and having like this fun time with it. And it's also learning how to follow your curiosity to see what other things life wants to give so that it's something different. And so those are the five stages that money runs through. And when you first go through it, it's got to be in order. But then after that, you could kind of identify like, oh, I think I'm, I need a new foundation again. And you're able to just identify what needs to be twerked in the system. And then you kind of just living in bliss with money, which is like really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I've never heard that before, Tonya. So I think that's a fascinating way of looking at things. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I think that that's part of what my journey was and why it took me so long to get there is because I really lived on the practical side of it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then you know, started to do the yoga training and the spiritual side of it, but then realized people were in this abundance loop and totally not allowing the practical to support the abundance that they have. And CPAs have it be really confusing. Financial advisors have it be another way. And what I realized there isn't this combination or looking at it as a holistic approach of like, oh, you have to marry the two in order for it to be this amazing relationship. And so that's why I'm speaking out about this because it's just can't have one without the other. So it's the bridging of both that allows for us to be empowered around it and to really be in harmony with it. Yeah, absolutely. Because actually I've read a few financial books recently and I find that all the newest books, they all focus around this fire, you know, the financial dependence, retire early. So many books talk about it. It's actually, every time I read one of those books, it just does not really resonate for some reason. just feels like it's missing a huge chunk. Agreed. And that's what it is. Every time I've read a book, I'm like, it, the, the information is so helpful, but it's not the whole picture. It's a piece of it. And so it always just feels like the journey is forever and it, it could get exhausting. And like, where do I start? What do I do? And so this kind of, I don't want to say it fell into my lap, but as I worked with my clients, I started to see it revealed itself. And I'm like, holy shit, there's a cyclical nature to money. And like, it always does this, you know, after it goes through it. And like, even now I'm always now identifying, like now we could jump around. So I'm like, Oh, what's happening. I'm like, Oh, I think I need a new vision for my money because I've actually just completed my last vision. So I'm like, Oh, I'm in foundation now. And it gives me permission to just be where I'm at. Like, okay, it's all right that I don't have that because I have to build my vision now and allow that to motivate me. Cause that's the thing with the vision is like, that's where we get our motivation. Ah, I like to call it the big why. <laughs> yes. What what makes you get up in the morning? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. No, absolutely. Love it. So you touched on kind of on myth around money a few times. 
already. I just wonder what can you tell us about unraveling the myth of money? What is hiding behind it? Oh man, um, the myth. I mean, the biggest myth is the scarcity myth that there is not enough or that we all can't have it. And I mean, any the whole story of money is a negative one. If you just start thinking about money beliefs, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. Money's the root of all evil. You need to have money to make money. Well, if our words create our reality, what the hell are we going to create just if we hang on to the things that are just out there? And so what it is, is learning to create our own stories with money. And that's actually something we do in stage one that I didn't mention is like rewriting your money story into one that is empowering because it's really, that's all it is. You might not have a lot of control over many things in life, but the story that you want to create for your life that we do have control over. And so if money doesn't grow on trees, okay, well, money is available to me at all times. And so it's learning to kind of just see through the mist of scarcity and turning it into one of abundance and one of plenty. Yeah, brilliant. So what would you say are the most common patterns of money that people just get stuck in? What do you see happening over and over and over again? Um, There's different. So there's the I don't know pattern of people just constantly not even wanting to take on their money because what the pattern is, is that um, it's going to be a lot worse if it's confronted. So, oh, I don't want to know what my debt is. I don't want to know how much I'm spending. I don't know. I don't know. And when we do it, they actually realize what they were making up in their head was a lot worse than what the actual numbers were. Mm -hmm. And so that's a pattern that people can get stuck in to not even get going on learning to control their money. Um, Another pattern is the, the, they get the system in place and it's not taking action on it. So they have the plan, but then it doesn't turn into anything more than the plan. It's like they're constantly, and that's because of the emotions that come up. And so guilt and shame are like the two biggest that come up around money. And I don't think as a world society, we're taught to really embrace emotions, unless there's something wrong with you. And I'm putting in quotation marks that you have to go to a therapist. And I think we all should have to go because it teaches us how to deal with our emotions, which is something we have to live with every day. Mm-hmm. So those are some patterns that, and, and the pattern of like, I can't do this because I don't have the money to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't let money tell you what to do. Learn how to use it as the tool it is. And you tell it what to do. Wow. I feel like my mind is a little bit blown right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's That's fascinating. The yeah. I think it's just, <laughs> Obviously, I live in Britain. I mean, I'm not British, but I live in Britain. People just do not talk about money. It's such a taboo. <laughs> you would never go there. Well, that's the myth. That's another one. And like, that's part of my mission is just to make it a common topic. I'm not saying that you have to go around talking about what you make as an ego thing, but what's so wrong about talking about money? That's why we're so disempowered from it because it's this taboo topic. It's like, you know, don't talk about sex either and everything else, but how the hell are we supposed to learn what to do with our money if we don't talk about it? Absolutely. Would you say that's your mission to drive that conversation? It's definitely my mission to drive that. Yes, absolutely. To make it a topic that's safe to talk about, because I feel like that's really when we start to become in control of it and empowered around it. And that's when the healing starts to happen. Because if we just start to talk about it, what we would learn is that everyone has money pain. Everybody struggles with money. And it's people who have no money to people who are in middle class to people who are rich and wealthy. Everyone has money pain. And I think if we just spoke about it, we would realize we're all the same in it. 
It's just the stories are different. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely fascinating. So actually, is that what your new book is about as well? I was going to ask about um, the book that's coming up. Yes, it is. It is called Permission to be Rich, and it's teaching the five stages on how to become more powerful than money. And what it does is just start to unravel all of the myths around money, but it teaches my money system Mm -hmm. so that people could have the tools if they want to start transforming their relationship with money. And yes, I do advise to maybe do it in community or to have a little pod while you're doing it. But yeah, it's, and it's in a fun way. I, I, in the beginning of the book, talk about my money journey and share my money story first and the struggles I've gone through. And so that it's really relatable to, you know, through my vulnerability, hopefully people see and through stories in there that they're not alone in the money pain. And so if there could just be, again, this feeling of being a part of something versus being alone, then the book has done its job. Amazing. No, I'll definitely be buying it. Yay. <laughs> is it coming out again? It should be beginning of fall. Okay, perfect. And is it possible to pre-order just, just yet? Or is it- Not yet, but for anyone, I don't know, I know we we're going to get into that, but if it's, it'll be on my newsletter, I'll be coming out with when the pre-orders come out and when that could start happening. Okay. So if anyone is interested, what is the best thing to do? Go to my website. So that's toniag.com. So that's T-O-N-I-A-G.com. Sign up for my newsletter. I only send it out once a month because on there (laughs) will be the information of when the pre-sale is available, when they could order the book. So you could just get the information of like just what I'm up to, even with programs and everything else. So that's just like the easiest way of one communication to, you know, get what I am offering. Fantastic. No, I will I will link everything below. So it's all will be there. Do you have any exciting projects, obviously, apart from your book? Is there anything else that you're excited about in the future? Well, my book, but also I am developing an online program for my work so that it's available along with the book so that you don't even need me and teaching guidance with my sheets and i'm going to be coming out with a podcast called journey partners with one of my friends yeah so i have a couple of really juicy the book there's juicy stuff it's a creation time so yeah a couple of those two things are like the biggies right now that i'm working on amazing so yeah sounds very exciting summer for you yes (laughs) yes it is (laughs) um the kind of one of the final questions that i always like to ask people is if you could give yourself an advice, a younger younger self, what would that be? Oh God, I wish people could see my face right now. Um, <laughs> everything works out. I know that's such a taboo thing to say, but really it would be like, don't take things so serious. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it is, rejection can seem like it's such like the worst thing in the world. And it's like one door closing just means that another one is opening. So to just trust and have faith that there is a plan. And even if it doesn't look the way that you want it to look, things have a way of working out if you just trust in that. And so like, don't waste your time on worrying about things and just like play with life, have fun because like nothing is really worth worth the loss of time. Yeah. I love that you said play and just enjoy it. Yes. That's really just Mm. play. That's it. Don't be just play. Everything works out. (laughs) yeah absolutely and we've spoken about happiness a few times I know it's quite a hard question (laughs) but I wonder what does happiness mean to you um happiness is just 
for me, there's like different levels of it, but happiness is just being able to find the simple joys in life. It's, you know, going out and it's, it's being present to the moment, you know, not allowing my mind to be so far in the future that I'm living in the gap of where I want to be and not appreciating all I have. Happiness is a sense of peace and knowing things are going to work out. Like, yeah, happiness really is being present to all of the gifts that are around me. So, you know, when my boyfriend's around and I get a hug, I'm not rejecting it because I don't have the time to do that. Or if, you know, my nephew comes over to me, I can laugh with him. And so it's, it's finding pleasure in the simple joys of life that if we're so busy, we don't tend to find them or have the time for. Oh, love that. <laughs> Brilliantly said. Thank you so much, Tony. No, that was amazing. So it's a kind of closing question. I wonder if you have any parting wisdom for our listeners. Money has no power. (laughs) Money has no power. Money does not create happiness. You are actually your greatest tool. And whatever it is that you want to do, it's just learning the tool, which is you, to like use it. So to not allow money to control who it is and what we are. And the greatest tip, gratitude is the quickest thing to get us into abundance. So if you do nothing, don't look anything up, don't change your relationship with money, and you just start to write down every morning three things you're grateful for, your day will just start changing because you'll start to see all that there is and start living, living from that space. So that would be my thing, like gratitude, golden, golden ticket to abundance. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Tonya. So if people want to get in touch um, with you or connect, obviously we mentioned your website. I will link it below again. Um, is there any other ways that you would like to stay in touch? Yes, I am on Facebook and Instagram and they can message me there. I would say still just go to the website because I have my handles for social media on there so they could directly get on there. But social media is definitely the place to get in touch with me and reach out if they want to know anything and like I'm constantly doing videos and giving tips and I have free classes that I offer every other Thursday on what I teach on how to become more powerful than money. So there's plenty of resources that I just offer for free just to give out the information on money. Oh, Tonya, thank you so, so much. If I would sum up our conversation in one word, I would say generosity. You've been so generous with your wisdom and advice. I really, really appreciate that. I feel like I've learned so much out of this conversation. Thank you. That just warms my heart. That's like, you know, like you said, that's what I want to do. And I love talking about this topic. So thank you so much for having me, allowing me to just speak about something that I love to speak about. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It would mean a world to me if you rate this podcast. If you're using an Apple podcast app, all you need to do is just scroll down a bit and hit those five stars. Don't forget to subscribe, that way you will not miss any future episodes. And if you would like to work with me as a life coach, you can find all information on my website and you can get in touch with me through my Instagram or email. All will be linked in the show notes.